All right, joining us now, Britton Johnson uh, of the famous Johnson & Johnson camp. Hey, uh, how many years have you guys been doing this? This will be number 16. Ooh. Wow. Oh, man. That's a lot that? of years of camp. No, I can't believe yeah. that. Yeah, you learn a lot uh, when you've done something that long. For whatever so reason, we just keep on going. You've seen a lot of kids come through the camp, probably grow into Division One, Division Two players to go on to to really nice college careers. Have you seen a lot of kids go through all that? I'll tell you what that that's probably the camp. Not that we really had much to do with them getting to college basketball, but to watch a kid who started out in second grade go through it all the way to tenth grade and then have a good high school career and head to college. We've had a couple of those, and that's been fun. Britton Johnson right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Toronto uh, really flexed their muscles uh, last night with no Clay Thompson, no Kevin Durant, uh, Boogie getting banged up. Uh, Steph had to carry a heavy load, and I thought he was great last night, but that was just too much for him to be able to handle. Just how impressed were you with the way Toronto really saw blood in the water and really put the hammer down? I mean, the game is itself, just watching it, is so fun in some ways. And in other ways, I'm just like, the NBA, it, it literally, there's no place called. It's whoever has an opening is firing it. I mean, when you have all five guys on the floor shooting threes, I mean, look at Gasol and Ibaka, both able to shoot the three. It's the first second you have an open look, you fire it. You know, and I came from that old school era where you try to get the absolute best look. It, it's it's like a thoroughbred race at times when you're watching this game. And Steph Curry is the best example of that, right? That play where he dribbles the ball up, rebounds it, dribbles it up, goes behind his back, through his leg, and then fires a three with two guys surrounding him. And it hits the front of the rim, hits the glass, and rolls in. It's just amazing that I, I'm still not quite there, guys, where I, I'm like, oh, that's a good shot. It, I mean, for Steph, it's a good shot, but it just seems crazy. I just feel like Toronto, where my mind keeps thinking that um, Kawhi Leonard's injured, I'm just shocked at their resilience, how resilient they've been, and, and how hard they're able to play. Just when, when we, Guys, when we were growing up and you'd watch the, the Pistons play the Lakers, I mean, guys were beat up by this time of the year. They were, you know, players had lost 50 pounds throughout the season, and they were real thin, and they, the game was a little bit slower, and you'd have Magic Johnson showtime a little bit run and gun, but it's just incredible the speed of this game to watch Kawhi Leonard be able to pull up and have enough legs and hit a three after running up and down the court four or five times. I'm kind of just enjoying this different NBA that we're experiencing right before our eyes. And so, but to answer your question overall, Scotty, it was just impressive to see Toronto in, in that Golden State hostile environment sort of out-endure Golden State and do it with, with obviously made shots but tough plays. There was a couple plays by Kawhi Leonard guys that you can tell he's going to try and will Toronto to a championship, much like we saw LeBron will Cleveland to a championship past this this Golden State team. And and that being said, they are having a lot of help with obviously Clay Thompson being injured and Kevin Durant being injured. But it's been fun just to kind of watch the gritty, you know, hands. I got to bet you're loving the physicality of Gasol yeah. and 
and uh, and, and big marchers. Yeah. It's like it, it looks like two big giant gladies out there just rumbling. It's been fun. The refs are holding their whistles. So, Britton, when, when you're watching this series and you are seeing some of the defensive movement and some of the adjustments, who's the better coach right now? Is it Steve Kerr or Nick Nurse? Nick Nurse. Steve Kerr, I mean, I'm sorry, but he – how do we know what, what type of coach he is right now? He's been in the championship every single year, but he's had – Four and five now with Boogie Cousins, potentially Hall of Famers on his team. I just don't know that Steve's had to really hit a wall and then go to the drawing board, scratch his head, figure out what to do next. What to do next? I feel like it's like, oh, Kevin Durant's out. Oh, that's great. Let's um, let's give the ball more to Steph Curry because he's also a Finals MVP or a, or a regular season MVP. I'm not saying Steve Kerr doesn't work hard. And doesn't do some clever things, but in my opinion, Toronto Toronto's coach is the one that's had to figure out more defensive schemes, what to do against that game one that they won in Toronto hands was mm-hmm. some of the best defensive trapping assignments fulfilled, best rotation assignments fulfilled that I've ever watched. Um, I mean, I remember you know just kind of seeing it, and my my brother Jeff, who who usually he and I kind of go back and forth when we watch games. He sort of thinks and watches the game the same way I do because of the way we were taught to play defense under Majerus. And he's texting me, can you believe the way these guys are playing defense? I don't think uh, Golden State's ever seen anything like this. That's coaching. That's coaching. That's coaching, uh, looking at game film, deciding how high you want Paul, uh, uh, Marc Gasol to trap up top on Steph, and then immediately when Steph passes it, are we going to rotate when he picks the ball up? Are we going to rotate when he passes out of it? Are we going to rotate when he back dribbles? There's actually, you know, strategy to that of when Pau Gasol, I keep saying Pau Gasol, sorry, Mark Gasol rotates out of that double team and the team communicates, and it's been beautiful to watch. They've made, they've made some mistakes, which Golden State makes you do, but there's been some real coaching there that, that I think gives, in my mind, if someone's asking me, him the advantage over Steve Kerr. Britton Johnson joining us here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, hurricane uh, gust winds here at the uh, Ogden Country Club. Just coming through. <laughs> so we apologize for that's bleeding over the air a little bit. Hold, but hey, Britton, hey Han, Scotty, hold on to hands. He's not going anywhere. Bring yourself <laughs> up to him. I don't know if there are two guys that are more anchored to this earth than uh, the two of us. Let's just say that. I chose hands, not you, Scotty. Well, I, I appreciate that. I've never been afraid of high winds. Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> like you know, when uh, Hans and I are watching, uh, you know, Helen Hunt and uh, Bill Pullman and Twister, we're like, I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> just just try to find a, a rock, a firm rock, and, and hunker sit down. down. I, you know, now, I, was, now I, look I would at, literally, I, yeah, I'd chain my, my kids up to, to Hans' right leg, and I would just be like, I'm the best father in the world. I, I, now I look at Britain and I'm like, man, if I was ever like on a ship and needed a cell, I could probably tie him by a hand and a foot and and use him for, and use him for the cell. Like I, I could see him picking hey, up wind and and really moving with it. You know, you know where you want me is when you're at Lagoon on a crowded day and the kids need a reference point. Like like where's Dad <laughs> or where's or where's where's Uncle Britain? Oh, there he Everybody is. Everybody meet at Britain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just look for the tall, gangly guy. 
Dr. Morris! I'm sailing! <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> Hey, so if you're uh, if you're Golden State, Clay Thompson, uh, Steve Kerr said he'll be back for Game Four. You got to imagine Kevin Durant's not too far behind. Uh, how was the adjustment going to be getting KD back out on the court since he hasn't been there in essentially a month? I'll tell you what, a good team would attack the daylights out of him and find out where he's at. ISOs. I mean, that's the name of the game. If if Kawhi Leonard has KD guarding him. I think we should all expect to watch everybody attack him and see if there's an advantage point there. Um, the good thing about Golden State, you've got players like Draymond Green and players like, well, Clay Thompson, who's going to be a little bit hobbled, but they're smart-thinking players. Andre Iguodala. One thing that people don't realize that makes Golden State so good is they're, they're smart, cerebral players that know how to help each other out, recognize a weakness, Boogie Cousins, right, when he's out there. They're all aware and talking, and, and you know when when we listen to Quinn Snyder be frustrated uh, after some of the games that you know that we all that we cover, Scotty. It's a lot of it's the communication and not being aware of of how to help a Ricky Rubio out when he's against a really good, strong driving guard, and that's his frustrating moments with the team. And you know, I I, I joke that Steve Kerr doesn't have to do much. Well, God, not only does he have great athletes and insane shooters. These are smart players. They're smart. They're, they communicate well. Andre Iguodala, and they're savvy. They, they're experienced. You know, I, I, I don't think Steve Kerr, by all means, is an idiot. I just think he's been very blessed and fortunate to have players, even when they're going to be a little bit hobbled like Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, that will kind of pick up the slack for each other and probably motivate those guys to play even harder to, to, to look out for each other on defense. Um, you know, I mean, last night, that's all Steph needed. Steph needed some help on defense, and he was able to go on that offensive tear. Well, you know, if they get a few more stops, I mean, they, they take care of business. But and my, guess, my guess is that definitely it's going to be an advantage for Toronto, but I wouldn't put it past Golden State to come up with a way to combat, you know, some of these weaknesses that they're going to have with injuries. Moving out of the NBA and into the NCAA ranks, you saw the adjustments made yesterday by the Rules Committee moving the three-point line back to international distance. What's the reasoning behind that? How does that change the game? I just think that, that college three is just too easy, right? And it makes it a little more difficult because while in the NBA we're seeing the Sergi Bacas and the, the Marcus Gasols shoot threes and, and actually have a high shooting percentage, you're going to have a ton. I mean, I've seen some of these big guys, these AAU tournaments that are heading into the NCAAs that are getting college scholarships hands because they're just they're tall, they're long, they're athletic. But, my goodness, they cannot shoot a three to save their lives. Well, now it's just making it even more difficult. I like it. You know, I just think it makes it so that, really, the, the guys that are going to hit the three successfully and more – uh, more accurately or, or more consistently will be the sharp shooters. And that that old college three they had, I mean, it was a couple inches past the high school three. You know, that's a pretty – I mean, look, players are evolving. Players are getting better at shooting. They're getting stronger. They're getting better off-season workouts. They're more conditioned, um, right? I mean, we're watching all these former pro athletes and former college teach these young – I just think it's evolved to a necessity. It has to happen. 
Uh, Britton Johnson, I believe, is still joining us here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. You cut out um, there for a second, Britton. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, though, in terms of spacing, that extra you know, foot and three inches, how much does that help in spacing the, the spacing of the court and allowing playmakers to try to attack the rim a little bit? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Okay, uh, that's a big part of it, Scotty. Um, I think that with, with the three-point line where it was, uh, it allowed teams to pack a little bit more, and, and because the three-point line was so short, they could get out to a good shooter and also play help side defense and clog up the lane. Well, those, you know, if you have sharp shooters now on a team that can hit that deeper three, absolutely right. That's the biggest impact that you'll see is that the, the floor will be open more for your big-time athletes, for your players that can get by any defensive player one-on-one and get to the rim. I think it'll just turn it a little bit more into what we're seeing in the NBA. It'll make the game a little more exciting, probably more dunks, and then obviously more threes. The other element, too, that I think is interesting, and and just kind of your landscape of the world of college college basketball, but you get uh, Namiya Keita back at Utah State. Yoli Childs comes back to BYU. You know, Utah and Weber State both bring back guys that uh, tried to test the waters of the draft. Just uh, j- just how how difficult of a decision do you think that is for a kid who has an opportunity to play at the NBA but decides, you know what, I'm going to go one more year and, and give give the college basketball thing a try just to better my odds? I'll tell you what, Scotty. I wish I would have had that luxury. I mean, I, I was in a position my junior year where I was fortunate to be player of the year, but it wasn't even a thought process. I think – I think my coach would have had a heart attack if I told him I was leaving early and, and probably been upset at me. And, you know, my situation was different. And then, and even in that day and era, most people weren't looking to go out and – I don't even know if the option was even remotely similar, you know what I mean, where you could go and test and then come back. I like it. I think it's good, but I do think it's hard on the coaches and the fan bases who fall in love with these guys. I mean, let's be honest, Cougar Nation loves Yoli Childs. He's a fun player to watch. Um, he's exciting. He's going to bring butts to the seats. And uh, when he all of a sudden gets now the opportunity to go test the waters, it's it's hard on the program, but I think it's fair for the player. And I understand it. I understand why they want to do it. I mean, you know, Scotty in hand, my junior year, had I left to the draft, okay, it was one of the worst drafts the NBA had ever seen. Kwai, yeah. Kwame Brown was the number one pick. Yeah. Um, there was a guy from San Diego State, you know, while here I was player of the year, a player from San Diego State, Randy Holcomb, I think was a late first-round draft pick. Now go to the next year where I entered the draft. It was one of the most difficult drafts of all time, uh, or best drafts of all time. LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Kyle Korver, Chris Bosh. You know, I could keep going. Um, of, of Our boy Zaza Pachulia, who, who we all love somewhat. You know, there there was a lot of good names, and it and it and it definitely made. And that was the year where the Europeans were coming over, and and jumped. In. So you know, timing is everything. And if you if you get a chance, if I would have had the chance to slip in after my junior year, I mean, my goodness, I would have done it. But you know, I didn't uh, have really a support system around me, or or the the structure wasn't there to go test it and come back. I guess. Yeah. Well, hey, Brett, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you again here soon. You got it. Anytime, guys. We'll see you.